Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, you felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Welcome in, everybody. It's Brett here, and today we have a very special guest. I'm very excited about this. Uh, we are chatting with Melissa Rivers about her book, Lies My Mother Told Me, Tall Tales from a Short Woman. Uh, and I love the tag here, warning, a work of nonfiction. Uh, and then, of course, she has a great podcast, uh, Group Text. Uh, thank you so much for your time. It's great thank to you. meet you. But the word non is crossed out. Yes, yes. We have to be very, very accurate about that. Yes. Well, it's a fantastic book, and uh, I had the opportunity to read it, and uh, I'm very excited to chat about it. And I like that we do need to make that clear that the word non is crossed out. Because um, if, it, if it was nonfiction, I, I would be in a straitjacket. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you people would might come after you a little bit uh and say well, what people keep asking me if it's a memoir i'm like no <laughs> this was too much time on my hands during covid and my writing partner and i got silly yeah well i mean all to be honest i mean it could go either direction i mean if we're being honest here but um yeah so this was a great project born out of uh, a crazy time for a lot of people. Um, and I feel like, you know, you, you obviously had the podcast prior to this, of course. Yes. Um, so I think it's important that we know that, uh, but a lot of podcasts came out of this time, but also, uh, a lot of great books. And of course this is, uh, definitely one of them. And, um, if there was sort of like an overarching theme that you wanted readers to take away from it, is there one in particular, or do you just want people to simply be entertained and reminded really just of a, an iconic person uh, that your mother was and, and sort of just be able to have a good laugh? I think you hit it, which is the overarching theme was to have a good laugh. 
we left while writing it. And the most you can hope for, the best you can hope for is that other people are going to laugh. And it's, was, it's strictly a funny book. And it you can pick it up and put it down. There is no plot you need to follow. It's literally just, you need a laugh, pick it up, read one of the, you know, that's all sort of short story form. I think the longest one is like six pages and just have a good giggle because that's what we all need. And especially when we were writing it, we were just like, oh dear God, we need to laugh. So we just started writing. You know, it started because everybody kept saying, what would my mother be saying right now? And it started out as kind of an article addressing that. And then we were like, well, what would she say about other things? And it just sort of snowballed and got sillier and sillier. And we started, I started saying, well, how would she have told me how the earth was made? (laughs) And we're like, okay, I, I wrote that one first and sent it to my writing partner. And I'm like, do you think anything's here? And he's like, oh, let's go. Let's just go and see how far we can push it and then pull back. And this was the pulled the pulled back version. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And that's one of the things, Melissa, that I find fascinating about the book is like, I think a lot of people would want to know what would your mother have to say about lockdown? And, and I'm certain... I mean, an entire comedy special probably could have been written <laughs> because <laughs> of uh, of it. And it has happened with other comics, obviously. But one of the things that I found fascinating also about the book is that although it is a pulled back version, like you said, it's really just kind of honest and transparent. And it's really just quite funny. Like, I think, you know, with a lot of things that could come out of somebody's time <laughs> in the last couple of years, um, I'm not here to at anybody necessarily, especially during the age of social media and how fast things can go viral. Uh, but you know what I mean, though? It's just it's a really good book. And my hey. hat's off to you and your team uh, because it just it's really smart and funny. And reading it, you know, I'm 48. So I was, you know, very familiar with who your mother was, especially during the generation of her stand up and just sort of, you know, her iconic right. career. Um, And even seeing her live at one point, I think early in my late 20s, um, it's just good. So congratulations on it. And I think people really are going to appreciate it when if they haven't had a chance to read it yet. Um, It's just fun. It's just funny. It's easy. You know, it's just it's it's an easy, fun read. And that's what we were striving for. And we think we did it. Yeah, well, I would say you know you hit the nail on the head for sure. Um, again, um, when you're creating something like this, I'm very curious. I want to kind of keep on the same talk a bit, sort of switch a little bit to the the creator side of you. Uh, is it? I mean, how do you go about this and decide what you're gonna do or not do? Because I mean. You know, I re- I've seen some of your interviews where you've talked about this and just other things. And, you know, there really is sort of a limitless catalog of things that you could discuss. And, and you've had to narrow this down to like 
a book form. You could do an extended version, really, honestly. Yes. Yes. Um, the creative process and figuring out what was going to go in the book or just the creative process in general? Just in general. I think people would find that fascinating. Um, again, I have a wonderful, not ghostwriter, collaborator. Yeah. And I'm always like, can we please put your name on the cover too? He's like, nah. He's like, no. Nah. So it's always, I always, he's always the first person I always thank. And I'm very open about that. I have the world's best writing partner. And I think it's we're a good team because a this is the funniest part he was also one of my mom's writing partners. Okay. And then we started sharing him, and then it became kind of like a turf war. Um, so <laughs> it's oh, I love it. It always got a little complicated there. But um, writing the first book we did together, which was Book of Joan, right after my mom passed, saved us both. Because it allowed us a place to laugh. And I'm very lucky that we have the same sense of humor. Um, So we start things and they don't always pan out. So right now we have three different ideas. We're both thinking about them. We're both kind of messing with them. And we'll see which one we feel like we can do the most with. And that's always, you know, you you think like originally the book was um, the history of the world as told by my mother. Well, we got stuck with Napoleon on Waterloo and there was no Starbucks and it was like a whole and we didn't know where to go from there. Like we started feeling like there's only so many wars we can write about, you know, as we started getting a little stuck. We did have a brilliant chapter, however, on the Inquisition. I will leave that out there. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. We see where things sort of start and stop. And once we hit on something that works for us, we're like, well, let's just keep going and going and going and going and see if there's, if we can even make a list of enough things that would be there that we could write on. Sure. And then we sell it. And then once it's sold, then we actually start the, the writing process. But we'll always do two or three chapters just to see if we're getting repetitive, if there's enough. And then, you know, very often we'll pivot or things will just become an article somewhere or things will just get put in a drawer. And um, I do a lot of that also when I'm developing TV show ideas and creative ideas. Sometimes, I mean, I just pulled one out of a drawer that everybody passed on for three and a half years. And now everyone's like, that's a great idea. And it just, it just was, sometimes the timing has to be right. Yeah. So I, I love that because it makes me think of another question, um, similarly related to the book, but just really as someone who creates content like yourself, you've created a podcast, you've written several books. I feel like there's an argument to be made. You said something interesting about, you know, you, you have these ideas that you pull out and people pass on them, pass on them, pass on them. And then now all of a sudden it becomes, oh, wow, you're like the smartest human being on the planet. Why did we not think of this before? So there is an argument to be made. Would you say that if you are a content creator with, especially now with all the bajillion ways to create something uh, and to put something out there, there really probably is no excuse, right? To not create. If you're 
a content creator. Would would you say that to be true? Does that question make sense? Because I think it does make sense, but you know, people do hit dry spells. Sure, of course. In writing the last book, Larry, my partner, and I both got really bad writer's block. Unfortunately, we did not get it at the same time. I know that's good. That's <laughs> not a, a good sign. Because <laughs> you had two. As soon as he was like, "Okay, I'm out of it," I'm like, "Oh shit, I'm going in." Um. So that's a lot of pressure they're constantly creating. But what it is is sometimes ideas aren't right at the moment, or something hits you and you present it differently. I have uh two shows that nobody wanted that now everybody's asking to see, and. For one of them's been sitting on my one of them we've been trying to get done for about two and a half years. And finally we're all just like, ah, screw it. We'll put it away. And I mentioned it in a meeting and they're like, we have to see it right away. But <laughs> you want to say, you know, it's been out there, but it that's what happens. So it's like never give up on an idea. But sometimes you have to like walk away from it and then suddenly you're like, oh, I can tweak it and it feels fresh again. And that might be the right time for it. I love it. Well, let's talk about- Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And I think, you know, especially to some who might not necessarily have the platform, that doesn't always guarantee anything per se, just based on what you just said. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it shouldn't stop you from creating- um, and well, I think, for example, a friend of mine who's a very well-known songwriter and musician sent me a song. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. It's like, yeah, he mentioned, I can't say it, the band that was that recorded it for their new album now. He wrote it 12 years ago. Oh, wow. And he's like, can you believe? He goes, you remember this? I'm like, yeah, it was always really good. He goes, yeah, just got, rec- got recorded. And you're like. Jesus, you wrote that 12 years ago. Wow. Wow. I, I really appreciate your honesty and, and candor, um, which is no surprise <laughs> because, um, you know, having seen you sort of be a part of this world of entertainment, you know, and in the public eye for so long. Um, let's talk about your podcast group texts. I've just listened to a couple episodes. I have to say out of, out of the several that I listened to, uh, you discussing the Johnny Depp trial was probably uh, one of my favorites. Um, and uh, yeah, so how did that sort of come about uh, for you creating a podcast and in going that route with a lot of what you've already done in the past, whether it be on television or whatever, and sort of taking it into a different medium uh, of just audio? I did a bunch of people's podcasts and I'm like, God, this is fun. That's this is cool. awesome. You know, I can go to work and not have to be in hair and makeup. This is the best. I love and it. it gave me an opportunity to talk about things that I'm interested in. You know, I'm always interested in like new upcoming talent because I always think they have really interesting stories. Yeah. I always think about, I always like talking to obviously established people because I, there's always questions that I want to know that aren't usually asked. Sure. Um, And just topics I want to talk about, things that I'm interested in. And I have, I I think, you know, I'm not so high-minded that I don't read TMZ. 
<laughs> I, you know what I mean? I'm not one of those people who, you know, yeah, I have a really good education. I read, you know, really serious nonfiction books, but I'm happiest in the shallow end of the pool. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I, I think most people are. Of course, because be I think it's it's relatable to people. Right. I mean, you can be super smart. And every super smart person I knew, we were still talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, I'm so comfortable talking about stuff. And I don't feel like it makes me any less intelligent or anything like that. It's what we all want to talk about. But that's why Fashion Police did so well. Yeah. Because we were talking about what everybody was saying at home. Yeah. And anyone who says, ooh, I want to say, show me one person who sits at home with their friends and says, everyone looks amazing. <laughs> I'll show you a liar. Yeah. You know? And so it was the same kind of mentality of we're talking about or talking to people that everybody's talking about. Yeah. I think that's true. I mean, we're getting ready to talk to Cato uh, Kalen here in a couple of days. By the way, one of the nicest people you will ever yeah i was shocked when i met him yeah he's was just on my friend's show which i would recommend you doing uh classic conversations he's had some amazing people on his show and he just had kato and we were able to get him here in a couple weeks um funny nice yeah and as a sidebar i uh, i asked i go is there anything that he does not want to talk about and they're like, actually, he loves to talk about OJ and being a house guest. And it's not because it's the fame dragon necessarily, but really, like, it's just fun to talk about because it's such an iconic part of, you know, pop culture history, uh, like your show, Fashion Police. And had podcasting sort of been a thing during that time, I mean... I think, and social media was sort of just starting to come around, mm -hmm. um, you know, had TikTok or whatever been around <laughs> during that time, I think. Um, but it obviously is clearly, you know, all been well for you. But um, like with Cato, like, and I'm not telling you what to say in your interview, but my question would be like, could you imagine being the house guest no. in your your landlord is accused of murder like take the fame away yeah that's like crazy it's i like, know that, that's a good it, question actually i'm gonna remember that <laughs> yeah but it's just like take the fame part of it 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 out was like how do you handle that you just realized that your landlord just killed somebody like that's a good question that's like you know, when you hear about <laughs> stories about like roommates from hell. Yeah. It's like landlord from hell. The worst case scenario that you could ever imagine. Wrong place at the right time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I love it. Well, this book is so good and we'll make sure we link it in our show notes. I do have one last question that I want to ask. And again, I think people would find it fascinating. Just winding the clock back to the high school years, the middle school years of Ugh. your life. I know same here where I, I get it, but I'm very curious during that time and having a mother who was in the public eye and sort of being a part of this world was entertainment, something that you were naturally attracted to 
Was it just something because you knew about it and it was a part of your life that you wanted to do it? Or was it sort of resisted early on and then, you know, you kind of maybe came to a place and go, okay, this could be something that I could be good at or want to do? It's a really interesting question because, uh, you know, I get asked that and it's always sort of hard to explain other than my parents always believed in having their main offices in our house. Okay. And yes, if they had a specific show, they had those offices as well. But their whole thing was they wanted to be home for me and with me while I was growing up. So basically I lived over the shop. Um, (laughs) So it was such a part of like who I was and where and like not shielded from it that that just became the norm. And when I went off to college, actually, I was like, ugh, I want nothing to do with it. I was going to make the big leap into, and this everyone makes fun of me because it's virtually the same thing, advertising. Like, yeah, well, it's a little like, bit different, but that's but a barely, but yeah, barely. barely, but you know, and it's then, not um, nepotism necessarily. Like some people might think you're just kind of wanting to do something different, you know? Well, I mean? yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I was, it was, it was freshman year, second semester, and I was watching TV with someone and they were talking about some particular actress. I don't even remember which. And they're like, oh my God. Or they were looking through a magazine. Oh my God. I love her. She's so nice. And I remember thinking, oh dear God, this person (laughs) is a horrible (laughs) human being. And I think Uh, it was that that very moment where I realized I can never read a magazine, watch a TV show, watch a movie with any objectivity if I know the person at all. So I might as well just jump in. I love it. That's how it came to be. It wasn't, and my parents were supportive, but did not encourage me to go into the entertainment business. They're like, we will support whatever you choose to do, but we cannot encourage you to do this. Yeah. I think that's a pretty common thread for most. It seems like, um, and we've interviewed some amazing people on the show uh, including yourself, obviously. And, and I, I do ask sometimes if kids have any interest and the, the common answer is, well, if they're attracted to it naturally, sure, but I'm not going to force them to be this. I don't want to be a, a momager or a dadager, as they say, mm-hmm. and have to deal with it. Well, I tell you, I appreciate your time and your graciousness. This book, again, fantastic. The podcast is available everywhere you get podcasts. Uh, And this audio version will be up for people to listen here uh, very soon. Uh, This has been a blast. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care.